Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Did you know that relaxation is all in your mind? That's right. By applying various techniques of mindfulness, you can practice relaxation anywhere and anytime, whether it's at home, work, or at play. Welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio with host Leah Brenda Smith. Our program is all about recovering your common sense. If you'd like to call into our program today, use our toll-free number, 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you'd rather send an email, the address is leah at comebacktoyoursenses.com. Now, here's health and wellness specialist, Leah Brenda Smith. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Leah Brenda Smith, and I thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio on Voice America Variety and Project Freedom Radio Network. If you are looking for me on the net, you can find me at my personal website, leahbrendasmith.com, or on Facebook, I have a radio show page, Come Back to Your Senses Radio, or my personal page, Leah Brenda Smith. And today, today's topic is about the truth, the truth about lying and telling the truth. And, uh, you know, uh, no matter who you are, where you are, where you live in the world, or what your circumstances is, or your background, we all have a relationship to today's topic. And, and um, it's not always something that people uh, willingly and openly speak about. And uh, I thought it would be a great thing to bring into the open and speak about in, in, um, really in an attempt to really help us move forward in whatever direction is appropriate for us, given whatever your relationship is currently to this topic, the truth about lying and telling the truth. You know, uh, when we're children, it's natural for us to tell the truth. Lying just doesn't, it just doesn't occur to us when we're kids until something happens. And then lying can become a kind of ally. And this can happen consciously or unconsciously. Now, the most common impetus for children to go against that innate tendency towards telling the truth is when they're trying to avoid being blamed for or punished for something that they didn't do. And at this level, it's easy to really capture that idea that lying can be a coping strategy that children use in order to blend into or blend with whatever reality is going on around them. And when a child tells the truth and then is not believed, then in order to cope, the child tells a lie. 
or the child tells the truth that the parents want to hear, which may be different from what the child knows is the truth. And when that happens, then from a very early age, children go against their nature out of fear, and they're lying out of fear. And unfortunately, love and fear and lying can be inextricably connected to one another. And if you're wondering why I added love into the mix here, it's because often love and approval is the payoff for the lie. I tell you what you want to hear, and then you love and approve of me. So that's how these elements can all get intertwined with one another. The truth, the lie, the love, the fear, all in a big mix of confusion inside the child. Because the child does know what the truth is. And the child does know that they're going against something in themselves in order to tell the lie or tell the truth that the parents want to hear, which the child knows is a lie. So I wanted to just uh, share some ideas from uh, uh, psychologist Robert Feldman. And, and he says that lying is a natural part of uh, human interaction. And that research suggests that by the age of three, most children understand the short-term benefit of deception to avoid trouble. And according to one study that he did, uh, the adults that he worked with, um, it estimated that they roughly told 13 lies a week. Now, most people, at some point or another, have misrepresented themselves by telling, you know, those little make-yourself-look-better lies, that people often think of those as those little white lies. Yet Feldman says that they aren't technically white lies which are told to spare someone's feelings, but instead they're what he refers to as a social lie. When you think about it, you know, new acquaintances know nothing about us. So it's much easier to present ourselves in ways that make us some more appealing or more likable. Because really the chances of getting caught are really low. And the results of Feldman's study also revealed that during a 10-minute conversation with strangers, 60% of people lied, on average, two or three times. Now, the majority of the untruths that were told were minor things, like agreeing with another person's point of view when you didn't really and others were more blatant lies, like one person saying that they were in a rock and roll band or another person exaggerating their academic accomplishments. So really, as we grow into adults, these small lies are used to avoid social conflict or, you know, to make life easier. And the most common social lie that we hear so much, we hear it so, so much of the time, is uh, when you're asked how you are and you say, oh, nothing's wrong, I'm fine. Yet you may not be fine at all. You may be 
deeply troubled by something or confused or upset or yet we say, no, nothing's wrong, I'm fine. And for some people, that habit of lying just becomes so entrenched in their behavior that every time they open their mouth, they are embellishing reality in some way. But more commonly, that little white, those little white lies are what you hear or what you say to not rock the boat. And really in support of the notion that the habit of lying is sometimes an unconscious behavior, the studies that Feldman did also revealed that many of his participants were unaware of how often they had lied during the study. That was until they watched the videotapes of their conversations. And they were, they were speechless, I suppose. The, the level of subconscious lying, it may be a forerunner then to even bigger lies. So the study showed that people were unaware of the fact that they were in fact lying until they saw those videotapes played back to them. often people wonder what motivates people to lie. And Feldman, from his reports, he says that self-esteem is one of the major motivations for lying. That as soon as people feel that their self-esteem is being threatened in some way, that they immediately begin to lie at higher levels, if you like. And that Really, Feldman feels that many of the lies are simply told for the purpose of maintaining our social interactions and really avoiding insults or discord. You know, those small lies that avoid conflict amongst, these are amongst the most common types of lie. And avoiding conflict is really a top motivator for deception. So, I hope we're in a new trend these uh, these uh, ideas are certainly what has been true. I can remember many times <laughs> saying, and many years ago even saying, it's not fashionable to tell the truth. And, um, uh, you know, we're all aware of the tendency or the propensity towards living life at a more surface level in social interactions. You go places, you come and go here and there. And I know for myself... Um, I, uh, I'd often misunderstood thinking that I didn't like to socialize, but really what it is is not liking to uh, participate for too long in that sort of surface level kind of uh, social chit-chat that's not, really, it's not really based on anything. There's no real uh, connection and uh, communication happening. And... Um, and so that was a good eye-opener for me to, uh, to realize that. And I think also for any of us that are real fans of that deeper level of connecting and communicating uh, at deeper levels of intimacy, that um, we have an opportunity to really um, be an example, uh, to lead by example, and to offer that um, to the interactions that we have. Uh, sometimes... Um, um, other people, we may not know this, but others may be longing for that same level of deep interaction, yet um, uh, 
um, they're needing a little bit of encouragement. They're needing someone to lead the way with it. So there are many of us that are able to do that, and I encourage I encourage anyone that that feels that skill and ability to uh, to exercise that, and all of that helps us move. Um, more in a direction of imagine reporting on a time when it's fashionable to tell the truth. <laughs> yes, indeed. And I know for myself, I've certainly uh, come a long way in that from, uh, I can relate to uh, these experiences of when you're a child and you start a habit of not telling the truth or lying or telling the truth that people want to hear and um, and uh, lying out of fear and lying to avoid conflict or to avoid punishment or blame. I think it's a natural thing as, as Feldman's suggesting, it's a natural thing that children do and they learn that when they're very young. And then I also remember going through a period of time of of really um, trying to find my way with that inside because I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do, yet the habit was there. And so I remember as a, as a, young, a young person, as a, a teenager and into my young uh, early 20s, really, really working with myself with that and, and making a commitment to myself to be honest, to tell the truth and to let go of that reflex behavior. I can remember um, times of uh, being really polarized, I suppose, around telling the truth. There were times when, as an example, if someone challenged me, I would become defensive. And um, in a posture of defense, um, there's not much deep truth that goes on during that time, (laughs) um, I have found. Um, the other thing I, I noticed as well is sometimes I would have a, a polarized reaction, a, an opposite reaction uh, to being challenged, and that would be that I would go very quiet. Although I could hear my truth pulsing and clattering, if you like, inside of me, making a large noise inside of me, but out of that learned behavior, that reflex, that fear um, from childhood, that sense of the words being caught in my throat or not being able to, to speak up or feeling, um, I suppose, uh, in ways so overpowered by whoever it was I was speaking with or whoever it was that was challenging me that um, I, uh, I knew there, that it just wasn't possible for me to speak up. So I've certainly, um, I'm happy to report that um, even though I think uh, for the most part, as a general comment, to really allow oneself to be um, deeply vulnerable and to, and to tell the truth or to speak your truth um, about things that are important, about issues that really matter to you, um, it can... It can uh, call forward, we need to call forward our courage to do that, to be vulnerable sometimes. It's like that. And um, it is possible, and it is uh, tremendously freeing. 
So I um, really am here today with a, um, a message of encouragement and uh, really a wanting to um, open up the opportunity for all of us to experience deeper levels of connection and deeper levels of telling the truth. It can be a very, um, a very, mm, let's say, monochromatic, if you like, life, when you feel that you're locked inside, that your truth is locked inside of you, and that you're acting and saying and behaving in ways that are keeping the status quo. They're working for people around you, yet you may feel like you have no room for the truth of who you are. So this is a message of encouragement for all of us to, to stay with it and, uh, and to appreciate that um, if you make a commitment in yourself to share at deeper levels and deeper levels of truth, that um, life will find a way to support you with that. Um, either in the types of relationships that are more conducive to that or the environments that are more supportive of that or it can come in ways that we <laughs> that we would not even imagine and uh, and as Martha Stewart would say and that's a good thing <laughs> so um, I'd like to just go into some suggestions now from uh, Feldman about um, why we lie and what people do and how we can afford that so that we can move to the to the other side. You know, Feldman believes that you know you just think of it this this way the the example of you know when people lie about uh, the traffic holding them up or. Um, rather than admitting that they slept in, or when someone says that a new dress looks good on someone um, when they don't really feel that that's true. And these little things that we say that are commonly referred to as these little white lies that just make life easier. And then when people use this to to boost their self-esteem, it's suggested that the farther away that one is from one's true self. When, when who they are is far away from really their, their deep true self, then the most likely that they are to lie to boost themselves up. And they do it for the benefit of others or they do it for the benefit of themselves. Or it could simply be a case of how they perceive others to perceive them. So really, the bottom line really is that lying beyond those little white lies is really a complex phenomenon. And it's something that starts when we're very young. And it's something that is rampant in our world, not just in our society, but globally. It is a rampant thing. And it happens all the time. And I know um, I go through cycles where I feel very... um, uh, I guess I'm much more acutely aware of the kinds of deception when you think of just even in terms of business or all this, you know, the computer viruses and all the scams and all this type of stuff that we deal with. It's part of our, our world and part of our energy. And um, 
I notice sometimes I'm, I'm more acutely aware of that, and and I am I am one for uh, really uh, wanting to pave the way that we can have a a world that's based more on authentic power and based more on a freedom to to be respectful and to be truthful. And really think of it um, this way, in terms of I'm going to give you some ideas of what the experts say um, are the reasons why people lie. So the first one being when we lie to save face. And this would be what that would sound like. Like, gosh, I never got the shower invitation, or sorry I'm late, but there was a huge pileup on the freeway. And if you wonder why people do it, it's really for self-preservation. Now, it might be instinctual, but people who um, are often covering up innocent little things like that feel then that they have a permission really to be irresponsible. And then can you imagine how difficult it is for people to keep track of their deceptions? You know, um, having to remember why you told someone you couldn't go to a certain event or you couldn't co-chair something or... Eventually, really, those kinds of lies really... They really get in the way of people being able to have close connections with one another. And granted, people would say that, you know, some relationships, it doesn't really matter that much. But I think that it always matters inside yourself. Maybe that it always matters inside yourself. So here's some suggestions, really, on how you can avoid that kind of lying that's about saving face. And you can think, think more long-term. So when you're tempted to be less than truthful, you can just consider what your ultimate goal is. You know, the ultimate goal to have solid friendships or to have a happy marriage, have a happy partnership. You know, have an easy flow of truth between yourself and your children. And then if you find yourself torn between the facts and fiction, you could just ask yourself, you know, what was going to move me closer to my goal? And... If you take the time really to consciously consider, really, what are the long-term effects, no doubt you're going to find yourself realizing that the facts are better than fiction. Another suggestion to avoid that lying to save face would be to keep it simple. Most of the time, just a short apology is all that's needed. You can admit some of the details without sacrificing the truth. So, you know, just something like, sorry, I didn't call you back sooner, is usually sufficient and effective without having to go into any backpedaling or complex explanations or, you know, apologizing is a very direct and very effective way to get things back on track, really regardless of whatever the scenario is, whatever's going on. Okay, so that's lying to save face. And then another type of lying is to shift the blame. And this is what this might sound like. Well, it's my boss's decision, not mine. Or my partner never told me that you called. And then why do people do it? This is really about effectively giving away power and control. And when that's done habitually... It can really 
diminish a person's ability to deal with life's, you know, life's larger problems. So when someone is constantly shifting the blame and putting the responsibility on others' people, others can get resentful of, you know, carrying this burden. And then always sort of deferring to someone else can be exhausting. Right? The deceiver keeps keeps postponing the inevitable. Because inevitably, everyone needs to deal with whatever their issues are in order to, uh, in order to feel good and have a good life and feel good about who they are. So here's a couple of ideas of how you can avoid lying to shift the blame. And, and one would be to really look deeply inside yourself. You know, sometimes shifting the blame can can just be a sign of having difficulty accepting responsibility for your actions. You know, maybe you were criticized for making mistakes as a child, and so now you you have that reflex still that you're afraid to to own up because of what other people may think of you. So even though you're a grown up, you know we there is that possibility that we're still acting and reacting the way that we did when we were younger, especially if we haven't done any of our, you know, or not done a lot of interpersonal work to become aware of the behaviors and become aware of the reactions. But once you realize the behavior, then it can be changed. I remember that for myself for many years, even into my my young adult uh, years, into my 20s um, and into my early 30s. I had this reflex in me. There would be times when someone would just say my name and it was like something, just everything would tense up inside. And it was a reflex from when I was younger of waiting to find out what it was I was, I was in trouble for or being blamed for or what went wrong. Or, so it was kind of like I'd hear my name and it would be like, well, what's wrong type of thing. So that's just to give you an example of some of those reflexes or those hangovers, if you like, that we can have from childhood. But once we become aware of the behavior, then we can change it. And then we can start to regain, if you like, take back that, uh, that personal power that you may feel that you don't have. Okay, so that's one way of avoiding that, that shifting the blame kind of lying. And then another way is to flip it around. So before, you know, really using a colleague or a loved one as your decor to, you know, for your little deceptions... Think of how the other person would feel in the same kind of scenario. So if the deception puts other people in an unfavorable light, then it's best to own up to the things and leave other people out of it. Okay, and then there's lying to avoid confrontation. And this is what that might sound like. Uh, That's a wonderful idea, Mom. I'll be sure to get to the airport three hours before my flight, or you're doing a great job, but we can't afford a housekeeper anymore. And why do people do this? You know, a believable excuse may help someone avoid an uncomfortable talk or to keep that person from feeling guilty. But if you're relying on non-confrontation too often, then eventually it does a great disservice both personally and professionally to your relationships. 
And especially with the people whom you are deeply tied, it's important to remember that closeness isn't always comfortable or pleasant. And that interpersonal dealings, really by their nature, they have their highs and their lows. That's just the natural cycles of interacting with people. And even the natural cycles within yourself. But, you know, when we try to avoid the lows by telling the lies, then we're really, we're really usurping our connections with people. So it's good to be mindful of that. You know, the person may have to deal with the consequences of their lie anyways. You know, as an example, the housekeeper may find out from someone else that, you know, they hired someone else to replace her, just as an example. So, here's some ideas of how you can avoid lying to avoid confrontation. And it would be really consider the options. So, before you tell a fib, it helps to review, review different ways that you could handle the situation. You know, review the extremes from telling a total tale or telling the absolute truth and all the sort of things in between. And after thinking it through... If you still decide that a fabrication is the best choice, then it might signal that you don't really value having honest, an honest relationship with that person. And if that's the case, then it's really worth wondering. Really ask yourself, hmm, what is that about for you? And then another um, way to avoid lying, to avoid confrontation would be to pair it with a positive. So you could look for the bright, the bright spot in something within a lie. So saying to your mother, as an example, your ideas are always appreciated. You know, I made the phone call that you recommended last week, but this time I really don't agree with you. And it makes the truth easier to swallow for both people then, if you can do it like that. And I know it's challenging sometimes because we get our defenses up and we react and we tell the truth out of reaction. It, it doesn't always come out in a way that is easy. Um, oh, that expression, you know, the, the truth is a hard pill to swallow. I guess that's where that comes from. Sometimes it's really the delivery that can make all the difference. You know, I, um, I know for myself... Um, some other examples would be from my own experience of of uh, coming to realize that that you you know you can speak your truth in a very um, the truth can be very soft spoken and still be very effective. I think I grew up um, in a kind of a, a scenario with a large family and so many people and strong personalities and. And uh, lots of noise and lots of lots of carrying on, and it seemed to me that I w- I was getting a message of thinking that uh, one needed to be loud and boisterous in order to to share the truth or in order to be heard, and it wasn't until oh I don't know maybe I was in my um, my mid thirties maybe or early forties that I really really came to realize that 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 just wasn't the case. That in fact, um, 
you can speak your truth in a in a very soft spoken way and be heard and be respected. And uh, I certainly um, I, I tested out the waters in my family situations and found that to be true um, in a very surprising way. Even uh, I noticed some of my siblings commenting to me after experience after witnessing me do that um, with my father and with some of my brothers. Um, and in different different life situations, and um, they were very surprised. On the one hand, realizing that it does take tremendous courage uh, to speak up uh, sometimes about some things, especially when what you have to say is not popular or, or goes against what the norm is, and that also um, to see that it's possible to do it in a very soft-spoken way. And so I would uh, encourage you to know that that's true. You don't need to make a big noise to be heard. The truth has its own vibration, and it seems to um, go into people. Um, even if, even sometimes in the moment when you are sharing your truth in a deep way with somebody, there may not even be any indication from them that they're actually hearing you or receiving what you're saying, yet if you look the next time you see them, or you may find that something's changed. It may be subtle at first, but something will have changed. I experienced that time and again, and I had many students over over the years um, express that to me as well, how, how pleased they were to find that that in fact was true that they could speak their truth and be heard in a soft-spoken way. And another thing, I, um, I really, encourage, um, really encourage folks often when, when people have a, if you like, a backlog or um, uh, they have a lot of things that um, are held inside from childhood that they haven't expressed to family members or friends or even people that have have uh, treated them in a way that was unkind or, or cruel. And sometimes when people feel this sense of freedom in themselves to speak up and, and share their truth, when they come to that place, that there's kind of a natural tendency to want to sort of um, go back in time and list everything out and clean, clear the deck, so to speak, of everything. And, and I have found... Uh, not that there isn't a time and a place for things like that. Lots of people end up doing that kind of thing just in their journaling. But I have found as a general comment that that kind of an approach, unless the person you're sharing with is also up to that same level of truth-telling and same interest in being introspective uh, or making amends, that um, it it uh, can really elicit a... Um, a defensive kind of response in the person. So I really encourage you to realize that if there's something out of balance in a relationship between yourself and someone else, that if you spend some time with them, there will be things in the present moment that will come up that will show that imbalance. So you'll always have an opportunity in the present without having to speak about the past or go into the past necessarily, there'll be something that will come up in the present that will give you the opportunity of something right there, current, where you can speak the truth about it and give that as an example 
And sometimes over time then, as you build a new level of rapport with somebody, a level of rapport based on being more truthful and more honest, you'll find that there may be that opportunity to unwind some of the things from the past. But I was very grateful to learn through my own experiences of healing and, and teaching and, and uh, counseling and coaching other people that you know, your own ability to set yourself free by telling the truth is never dependent on someone else's ability or interest in participating with you and doing the same thing. You can do what it is you need to do, even if, even if others are not up to the same task. And sometimes your willingness to go ahead and do what you need to do can pave the way for others to do the same. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. But life has a way of turning things in a good direction for people. And um, if we can trust in that kind of truth, that can go a long way especially during the times when we feel frustrated that, um, uh, that our loved ones aren't able to participate with us at a level that we maybe would like to. And those are great times for being more compassionate. Compassion can go a long way. Compassion for yourself and for others in terms of telling the truth and accepting the truth, too. We don't always like we don't always want to hear, and we don't always like what we hear. But if we can find a way to accept it and make room for it, things can, uh, things can move along in a much better way. So, now I'm going to go to the fourth idea here of why it is that, that people lie, and people lie to get their own way. And this is what this might sound like. I won't be at work today. I caught that bug that's going around, or, officer, my speedometer must be broken. And if you wonder why people do this, they do it for personal gain. But when a lie like this is uncovered, the recipient is not very likely to be very charitable with you. So the more hurtful the lie is to the person on the receiving end, then the less likely there are to be forgiving. And when uh, getting what a person wants drives everything they say and all, uh, all of how they act, then it's not really a great way to really earn people's love or earn people's trust. So, just a couple tips then on how you can avoid lying to get your own way. It would be to stop justifying. You know, maybe you think you deserve that day off, or you figured it was late and there was no one on the road, and so you thought speeding would be okay. Now, even though rationalizing in this way might be true, it doesn't make the lie any more acceptable in the end. So if you have to, if you find yourself trying to convince yourself that it's okay to lie, or that your lie was okay, then chances are it's not. And then another tip for avoiding lying to get your own way would be to think of the alternative, right? You could consider if honesty could still bring about a positive result. So as an example, I don't know, uh, I, I know I don't have any vacation time left, but I'd be willing to come in on Saturday or even come in 
stay late during the week if you could if I could have Friday off. So just as an example of how you could maybe work with that. Or you could admit to the police officer that you you know, you lost your concentration, you were you were off somewhere and you didn't realize that you were going down the hill uh, so quickly. And just apologize. Sometimes it would result just in a warning instead of getting a ticket. And, um, and still you were telling the truth. I've certainly had that experience for myself when I just said, you know, I'm, oh, I'm just getting ready to go on vacation. I'm just going home to pack and I'm just, my mind's off somewhere else. And I was driving too quickly and, uh, and uh, the officer gave me a warning. As an example, I just told the truth. That's exactly what was going on. And then another kind of lie that we do is uh, lying to be nice. And that can sound like, you know, that idea of the dress looks fantastic on you or, or you know, the meal you made is, is so tasty or whatever it is. And people do this. And they use these kinds of things excessively. It can make interactions with people, uh, you know, less, less authentic. You know, it's, it, it makes other people really feel um, like you're not being genuine or you're not trustworthy. And, and you can pick up on those kinds of cues when someone is just sort of, it's much more airy and flighty and they're, you know, just always being overly positive or overly acknowledging or there's not really, um, it can be off-putting. And uh, there's ways that you can avoid lying to be nice. And uh, one suggestion is to walk in the other person's shoes. You know, we often underestimate the information that others can tolerate or even benefit from. And that is particularly true when the words are said out of friendship. You know, for an example, if you would generally want someone to mention if you had a piece of spinach, you know, stuck in your teeth or... You know, if you had a stain on your shirt or, you know, things like that. Walk in the other person's shoes. You would like them to mention, they would like you to mention. And then another idea of this toning down would be if you, if you feel that a certain amount of truth is stretching. You know, people use that for social lubrication, if you like. And um, it would just be to tone down whatever it is that your acknowledges, acknowledgements are and just make them a little more subtle. And the other thing would be to, to track it, right? Just to give yourself the opportunity to just notice when you're having the tendency to want to tell those little white lies and, and notice how often you do that. And just, just to be more mindful. And then uh, the, the last one in this category of uh, lying to make oneself feel better. And it could sound like um, things like, oh, um, oh, when I'm, you know, eating my child's leftover French fries that it doesn't really count. Or um, I'll charge this stuff now because I'm going to pay off the credit card bill as soon as I get to my bonus. Or I never watch television. Little things like that that people say. And People do it to reassure themselves, but sometimes people start to believe that self-deception and it can, it can snowball and then it can get out of control. You know, if you're always, you know, uh, cleaning up everybody's plate, so to speak, eating off your child's plate and doing that, it can lead to putting on extra pounds. I certainly experienced that when I was younger. 
Uh, one of my brothers uh, d- d- sometimes uh, teases me about that, remembering when I would finish his, uh, his food off of his plate when he didn't eat it. And uh, even the shopping spree, you know, going on that shopping spree can make it difficult to make your mortgage payment. And the idea of denying, you know, the amount of time you spend watching the television. But it doesn't really matter, except that sometimes we get caught in these little lies that we tell that are, that are just, um, just to make yourself feel better. But in the end, hmm, lying doesn't really make you feel better now, does it? So here's just a couple tips of how you can avoid lying to make yourself feel better. And uh, just plan honesty from here forward. You know, um, self-deception, it can seem like it's automatic. And stopping isn't just simply a matter of saying, of, of you know, hey, I, should, I shouldn't lie to myself right now. But instead, that idea of making that commitment to to really do your best. Face reality in your situations and tell the truth to yourself about where you really are with things and that way you have the opportunity then to move forward from here wherever you are. And another good approach is to keep your goals in sight. So whatever it is you want to accomplish, whether it's about sticking to a healthy diet or keeping your bank account in balance or you know, just cutting down on the number of hours you watch television, Really, when you're lying about what's really going on, it really takes you in steps away from your goal rather than towards your goal. And some people could use the, the you know, just uh, to vi- visualize the, whatever the ideal is for you. Get a, get a sense of that viscerally for yourself, you know, what's, whatever's true. Paint the details in your mind. And it can, that can help you really to maintain your motivation. So even in the face of being tempted, you can find that you're able to, to stay with your, with your goals. It's something where we have to watch. And then helping others uh, to be accountable. You know, if you, if you, when people tend to deceive themselves, if you spend too much time uh, with people that are frequently telling those little white lies, then it kind of makes a tolerance for dishonesty. And if people hang around, then, you know, the like hang around with the like. The people that tell the white lies hang around with the people that tell the white lies. Then their habits aren't challenged and they're less likely to put a correction in. So when lying is really causing some kind of serious damage, then it helps to get the support of a truth-conscious friend. And lend support. And be mindful. Yeah. You know, as parents, you know, the most important message that you can send to your children about lying is that you always want them to come clean with you. You always want them to tell the truth, no matter how big the whopper is that they've told. And remind them that you'd rather hear the truth always than be deceived, no matter how bad it is. And tell them that really there's nothing more important in your relationship than, than your trust for each other. That's really the most important thing. I remember going through through that with my with my son. You know, as we were uh, growing up together, and uh, 
Oh, just remember, uh, you know, being being out one time and him having friends over and, you know, one of his friends going in my room and, you know, moving my things or whatever, whatever the scenario was. But I remember having that conversation with him uh, about about trusting him and wanting to trust him and, and saying him, you know, do I need to put a lock on my door and lock my door? And he said, no. He said, no, mom, I want you to trust me. You can trust me. And sometimes it's good to realize that it takes situations of something um, being out of balance in order for the opportunity for something to come up where we can actually um, have a conversation like that. You know, have a conversation like that with your child or with your friend or in, in your partnerships where uh, when something is out of balance, it gives the opportunity to, to set a new foundation, you know, to... Um, to get on the good road. Get on the good right road. <laughs> and here's just some ideas here on um, other ways that you can really turn that around. You know, you think of it the next time you, you feel like reacting to somebody's lie and you might just take a moment to look within and to, to forgive the other person. Or, on the other hand, if you find that you're the one that's getting into that habit of telling those little white lies, just remember, what, what are the stakes really for, for lying? They're very high, because it costs you your inner peace, it costs you that inner freedom, really. It costs you your integrity and your, your authentic self. So it's good to be mindful of that. You know, speaking your truth is an essential part of of living a life of passion and and fulfillment and authenticity. Yet many people would agree that it's it's much easier to talk about speaking your truth than it is sometimes to actually speak up. Well, that is until it becomes second nature for you, right? So how do we really enhance our or deepen our capacity to speak our truth with kindness and with love in an authentic way? Here's just some ideas here, a few ideas. And, and one of them really is about, about the idea of stop yourself from managing other people's feelings. I find this to be so, so valuable. You know, we get into that habit of managing other people's feelings instead of owning our own feelings. And it's kind of odd to assume that, you know, you have the power to manage another person's uh, uh, feelings to begin with, but... It's good to be mindful of that. You know, I come into those situations sometimes where people are saying, oh no, don't tell Aunt Martha this, or don't tell, you know, Dad couldn't handle that, or, you know, and you, and you see that often in, when there's health issues or that. And, um, and I say, stop managing other people's feelings. People have the right to know the truth about what's going on with them. And I, I'm always encouraging people. People ask me sometimes to to not say things like that, and I tell them right off, I'm sorry, I'm not that kind of girl, I can't do that. Best we tell the truth in a gentle way, especially when it has to do with the other person, instead of deciding for them that they don't have the right to know what's, what's really going on. And then the other suggestion is to be real and not right. And this can be huge when it comes to speaking your truth. You know, when you focus on being right, then you, you know, we're winning, then you don't always have access to those deeper places within you where your truth comes from. 
So when you let go of your attachment to the outcome of a conversation or what the person thinks or with any idea or obsession of being right, then you give yourself the opportunity to be more real and to be vulnerable and and to be transparent, which are really key elements to speaking your truth. You know, it's not about dominating the conversation or the person or the people that you are speaking with. And then the third real useful tip here is about practice. (laughs) It's just like everything else in life. You know, the best way to get better at deepening your capacity is to practice. You know, practice speaking your truth. You know, it's not necessarily about role-playing, although for some people, if they are having, uh, they're finding it difficult to sort of muster up the courage to have a difficult conversation, um, then they could practice a role-playing thing. But really practice speaking up, speaking up in your life with your truth. And sometimes you're going to say it wrong, and sometimes people are going to get upset, and sometimes people are going to offend it, you know, be offended. But it's not about being perfect. It's about being yourself and just speaking up in an authentic way. And it's important then to, you know, to be empathetic. You know, have empathy and compassion with yourself as you practice, and then with others too as they practice with you. It's not necessarily easy for people until you become accustomed to it and it becomes second nature. But even people who have really focused on expanding their capacity to speak their truth and have had many positive experiences doing so, it's good to remember that each situation is unique. So each situation has its own flavor and its own energy to it. You know, in certain areas of your life with certain people, you may find a great ease with telling your truth. It could just be as natural as breathing, and it's, it's, there's nothing to it. It's just a, a grand pleasure. And in other situations, you know, you may find that your voice is quivering, or that your heart races, or that you might feel weak in the knees, so to speak. And these are common, common experiences, common um, sensations or feelings when you're feeling vulnerable. Just breathe. Just breathe and, and, and uh, you know, uh, remind yourself that you're on the path of telling the truth and that you know that that is what is right for you. And courage will come. Grace will come and find you. You know, when you have a willingness to be authentic and to speak your truth... And when you do this, your, your relationships will transform and you will transform. And uh, you will be amazed at what could come for you or come to you or what it is that you can inspire in others around you. Now, I encourage all of us to, to take some time to, to really think about the things that we shared today and, and just let yourself move forward in the direction of being willing to share a deeper level of yourself, your deeper truth, to tell the truth. I really appreciate you tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. I am your ever ever grateful host, Leah Brenda Smith. And until next time, I encourage you to relax and enjoy life. 
We hope you've enjoyed our program today and perhaps have found some new techniques that you can apply to your daily life. Thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. Please join Leah Brenda Smith again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.